What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy, Acton Academy Placer, Apogee Strong, and our friends over at Discover Praxis. Uh, today, we've got a friend of mine named Jill Simonian uh, joining us. And Jill, I'm just going to read, she's done so much, man. I'm going to read her bio straight off the PragerU website. Uh, Director of Outreach for PragerU Resources for Educators and Parents. And so what that means is they are putting together a uh, children's education program, and she is leading the way. Uh, she's also a former television host, media contributor, uh, founder of Fab Mom Blog. She's a published author. Uh, she has done uh, so much. Head over to PragerU, and you can uh, get the rest of that bio. But we had a great conversation about kind of the state of the world today, parenting, education and where they're going with all of this at PragerU and so much more. So I hope you're going to enjoy Miss Jill Simonian. I was going to start with just going, Jill, what is going on in the world and how do we fix it? But now that I know you're from Fresno, I'm not sure, man, if I can even ask that. No, I'm just kidding. Fresno is great. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing great. It's so nice to meet you. It is great to meet you. It is a pleasure to have you. Um, I definitely do want to talk about what the heck is going on in the world. Um, but we do want to get into the fact that you're from Fresno, too. So you are just you know, a few hours away from where we are. So we're in Roseville at this campus right here. So I'm sure you know, you know where that is. Nice. Yeah, I do. I was I was born and raised in Fresno. And now, of course, I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. But in my heart is the Central Valley of California. Yes, ma'am. Very <laughs> cool. That's awesome, man. No, Fresno is a great spot. And I've gotten um, I've had the pleasure of going down and working with a lot of the schools in that area um, for years as well. And I mean, as you know, there's good people everywhere. As much as California is, you know, California, um, there's some phenomenal people here too, um, yourself included. So very thank you yeah absolutely so before we get into all the stuff i do like to start with kind of like an origin story so you started in fresno you're in la but you're doing so many things so maybe we can just kind of start with an origin story of kind of you growing up in fresno and what kind of took you down the the route that you went oh my goodness okay so i am a classic example of what it means to i i think constantly evolve and reinvent and pivot according to the circumstance I'm in and what I absorb around me and what how my point of view has changed and, and so on and so on. So I start in Fresno, born and raised in Fresno. I'm a fourth generation Armenian American. My great grandparents came from the old country, yeah. Armenia, and we all settled in the Central Valley. And I grew up, I went to public schools. I had a great, amazing education in public schools. My mom was a teacher, longtime teacher. Um, if she were still with us today, she would be beside herself about what is happening in our school system. But that's another story that we can talk about later. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I always was, um, I was a performer. I was a trained dancer, a classical lyric soprano. I was a singer. I did tap jazz ballet. You know, my whole young life was performing on a stage. And when I wanted to go to college, naturally, I wanted to come to Los Angeles because hello, entertainment capital, right? So I went to Los Angeles, I majored, excuse me, I went to UCLA, I majored in communications, and also did very uh, concentrated study in their music theater program. So I continued my voice training, dance training, everything. And for a while, I was performing around Southern California in musical theater productions, um, did that for a while, sang the national anthem, several many times at, at laker games dodger games giant how games, everything. cool i didn't know that fun stuff really fun stuff but i eventually segued into a tv career 
entertainment reporting. And I was on all the red carpets, interviewing all the celebrities. I worked for a variety of entertainment news channels, um, Reels Channel. I worked for KTLA Los Angeles 5 for a while. I then did entertainment reporting. And I hosted a random show on Travel Channel called America's Worst Driver, which was a totally crazy story, but fine. And then uh, when, I when I had kids, I realized that I wanted to shift. And so I shifted into blogging, started a mom blog, which at the time was super trendy yeah. and popular and things for people in media like me to do. So my website, it's still there, but I really don't update it frequently now. It's called thefabmom.com. And I wrote about parenting and toddlerhood and being a mother and, you know, like yada, 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 all this stuff. Did that for about 10 years. And then by the grace of God, found myself being offered a job here at PragerU at the beginning of this year. So the beginning of, uh, you know, January 2021, I was offered a job here to help start launch their, uh, our PragerU kids programming, um, which is, uh, shows entertaining. We call it, we call it infotainment, edutainment. They're entertaining shows that celebrate American values, freedom, integrity, equality under God, all of those things that we all value uh, for the kindergarten through 12th grade age group. So I am on the, I guess, launch team, so <laughs> as you cool. might say, Prager You Kids. And and it was just a real, it, it, was, it was an opportunity that came out of nowhere. And I am so grateful for it because um, now that my own children are, you know, the babies that I started the mom blog for yeah. back in 2010 yeah. are now in elementary school. And this last almost two years has just been such, and I say eye opener, but you know, that doesn't even begin to describe True what we've story. seen. Holy yeah, so, so, so that's where I'm at now. So how old are you? How old are your babies? How old are your kiddos? 11. And nine and a half. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Cause I figured it was right about the same time as my oldest is 10. I have a 10, eight and five. So I'm nice. right there, right there with you. So how the heck do you find yourself getting this, this offer to work with prayer you when what you shared too, you know, coming through the entertainment industry is notoriously, um, I will just say on the other side of the values, at least stereotypically, than what we're, you know, espousing on the Prager side. How did you find that connection? Exactly. Well, it, it is sort of, it's really, it's really strange. And when I say it was dropped into my lap from above, I, a hundred percent, that is what happened. Lap, yeah. Yeah. So long story short, uh, as I mentioned, all I wanted to do was work in entertainment as an entertainer, as an on-camera personality state, you know, everything that was, that was my love was performing. And it's funny because I have always had the same values. You know how a lot of times people say, Oh, I used to think and vote one way. And then I totally shifted yes. and I had awakening that never happened with me. My growing up, my family was, you know, always traditionally uh, uh, conservative, pro-America. Um, we valued freedom. 
we, you know, we still do, obviously. Uh, we, we value the, you know, I come from, I come from Fresno, California. So we value our, uh, you know, our, our, our farmers and our, Dang, you right. know, <laughs> all their industry. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, but, uh, I was working in entertainment and I always kept my same family values that I was raised with American values. And I never truthfully felt threatened until around, and I don't, I don't mean physically threatened, but I really mean uh, threatened in the way that I felt and believed and what I valued. I never felt threatened until around 2016, 2017. Okay. That's all I'll say. And I realized that, oh, wow, I really cannot share and communicate how I feel about certain things happening in our country or else I might lose my job or I will be vilified by many of my colleagues who were, I was at the time I was working for a news, a news station and I don't want to vilify them because it was a fabulous job at the time. And I never felt individually attacked by, or anything like that, but I realized, Oh, I better zip my lips here because I love my job and I can't speak up. Well, lo and behold, 2020 COVID. And I would never share anything on social media, but 2020 happened. And you know, that, you know, that phrase, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. 2020 came. I saw what was happening. I saw many things that were just very disturbing in terms of taking away our rights and taking away our freedom and government overreach. And for the first time in my life, I really started speaking up on social media. And lo and behold, a lot of the same people that I used to work with that I had the most stellar, fulfilling, enriching relationships with on a professional level started attacking me and started posting things and started saying, Oh, what's happened to you? Nothing. And I thought I'm still the same person. Totally. I'm still the same person. So that's how this job came to be. The CEO of PragerU, Marissa Strait, I think noticed me on social media as a mother who was speaking up against some of these things. And she flat out reached out and said, Hey, we're launching a kids program. Want to come on board? Oh and I God. said, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> I do. Good for you, man. And I love, you know what, there's so many things that you that you laid out right there. You talked earlier about being able to, you know, kind of be this person that continuously reinvents herself and is able to pivot and is able to move. But what I like about that is that you're talking about the fact that that doesn't need to shift values, right? The values of those that core humanity of who you are. That does not have to shift. We can change our minds. We can change our direction. We can we can change our trajectory, but we don't have to shift values in accordance with that. And I absolutely love that. And if people would realize that, well, we'd be able to get back to that civil discourse that that is so often missing. And there are so many people, I think, that have that same story as you were. It's just like, look, I know what the collective narrative is right now. And if I say my individual side of this, doesn't matter how solid I think some of these relationships are, we have been taught that if somebody is disagreeing with you, well, then they are your enemy. And that is so the antithesis of what this is. This country has always been and what it's supposed yeah. to be. You know, and we talked about Dave and, and uh, you know, having Dave and Dave's obviously been on the podcast, but he's come out and done some things um, for us. And we put on, you know, our students put on this big event that was around the release of No Safe Spaces. And part of what they did was they, we had debates and we showed 
debates in a civil manner. And Dave talked wow. about the need for civil discourse. We had high school students People talking about it, right? What? And it was showing that, that it's a possibility. <laughs> and it's like, man, so what you are doing, you know, bringing these kind of values back to, um, you know, our young heroes uh, is, is invaluable. So I'm super excited about that. So I want to hear more about what you um, kind of are doing with this launch. Like what is kind of the growth trajectory? Like what do you, what do you get to do right now? So what I get to do, well, obviously meet incredible people like you and, and get to, you know, share thoughts and conversation, but really the most important thing I think that we are doing as a team here at PragerU Kids is that, and this might seem silly as the words come out of my mouth, but I really do mean this. We are making it okay for children and students to appreciate America. I mean, that sounds absurd. It's me saying that, that what do you mean we're making it okay? Of course it's okay. It is no longer okay in the narrative for children to be proud of our country, to know what freedom means, to understand that America was founded under God, on the basis of Judeo-Christian values, we are teaching children these are the foundations and fundamentals of our country, and freedom is not free. And look at what has happened in our history that, you know, America is one of the only places on the planet who has fought wars and gone through hell and back to secure our citizens' freedom. And kids don't know that. And, you know, I'll be really I'll be real, real honest here, brutally honest. As much as I was raised with these values, there is a big chunk of history that I don't really know. And I'm continuing to learn here through the different shows that we're creating for kids so that we can teach them. I'm continuing to learn our history. But the most important thing that we're doing is to really hone in on uh, children who don't understand what it means, what liberty means, what e pluribus unum means, what in God we trust, you know, all of those things that our country should still be functioning on to unite us through our differences. Uh, we're, we're, we're teaching kids and we're giving parents and teachers, by the way, the tools to be able to say, oh, okay, you know, instead of watching this show on Cartoon Network that is going to talk about this, 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 and this radical ideology. Why don't you watch some of these videos from PragerU Kids and learn about Frederick Douglass and uh, Paul Revere's ride and George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and learn about Neil Armstrong, you know, learn about all of these things that we should have a collective knowledge about as a society. So good. So good. Oh, that's so, I, I love, <laughs> I love to hear that. What am I, so are you familiar with the Tuttle Twins? Yes. With the Tuttle Twins series, right? So, oh my gosh, me too, man. And Connor is a good friend of mine. And um, we got to have lunch uh, a few weeks back. He was up in the Sacramento area and we went and had lunch. And so working on some things um, in conjunction with Acton Academy too, you know, um, not just obviously promoting what they're doing with the books, but kind of building out a, a series for kind of pre-teens and teens. And I think, you know, I the more it. resources that we have or we can partner together for all these people that are on this same mission to, mm -hmm. like you said, kind of bring back the understanding that it is okay to to 
propose freedom as a, as this God given right. Like it is okay. Like that's what we're supposed to do. Um, such a, such a breath of fresh air. Oh, talk. I have something for you. Talk to me. Talk to me. (laughs) Because I know, because here's the thing, anyone who walks the walk, I have such a deep affection for anyone who walks the walk. It is easy for someone to say, I don't like the way the schools are going, but then they sit down and you don't want to say anything. You're walking the walk. We all know that you have started your schools. And I say, I hope I am. I say, I'm saying schools. I know it's different than a school, but I don't, I'm I'm calling it the best. It's the best way to to describe (laughs) it. So that people have an idea of what we're talking about. Yes, ma'am. Yep. So you started your schools. So we have books for kindergarten, first and second graders that talk about all of the things that have been canceled in our other schools around the country. So we have this today is Columbus day. Otto's Tales, learning about Christopher Columbus because they don't teach it anymore. Our next one upcoming is today is Veterans Day because children don't understand that we have a military that serves and protects us. And then we have this one, the National Anthem and Pledge of Allegiance, Otto's Tales. These are all, I, I want to, if you don't have these, Matt. That's so rad. Yeah. I need to let's send these to you for your, nope, for your schools because it gives the history so we can teach these kids and let them enjoy what America's about. Oh my gosh. That's a shameless plug. (laughs) That's a great plug though. And it's an, it's a needed plug. I mean, one of the first things that drew me, you know, I came out of, I came out of public schools too, not just as a student, which I was, and was a public school student too. And, and, uh, you know, public universities. And, and so I came through that whole thing, but I worked as a public school teacher. I worked as a public school administrator, um, transferred over to private and realized that a lot of the privates were just modeling themselves after, um, you know, after the public school system. And I was at Stanford prior to that. So I came through all of this. One of the biggest things that attracted me to the really at this point was an early kind of movement for Acton Academy was, Jeff Sandifer, who was on the founder, said, you know, we believe very heavily in freedom. We believe in religious freedom. We believe in intellectual freedom. We believe in political freedom. We believe in medical freedom. What one of those freedoms do you not agree with? You know, that was one of the statements that I heard him say in this talk. And I just went, yes, thank God. Like, why do we not say these things anymore? But coming out of the public school, you could see the writing on the wall. You could see why we were no longer being allowed to say those kind of things. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned your mom was a teacher. And would yes. kind of be rolling over in her grave. Yes. So I'm sure she is. Yes. hundred percent. So talk 100%. about, so what, you know, what are some of the things, I mean, I, what are some of the things that, that all these amazing things you're, you're, we're doing with this launch of this kids program, what are some of the things that you're also combating? Not just the, um, kind of the moratorium on talking about freedom and, and talking about mm-hmm. history. Um, what are some of the other concepts that, that we need to kind of wrap our heads around here? Well, the big one, obviously, in the news everywhere, especially the you know the with uh, yesterday, uh, with the Department of Justice issuing a letter saying that essentially that parents who speak up at school board meetings need to be seen as a threat, and that they will you know all of these things that are coming up. Critical race theory has exploded this last year in school districts and private schools across the country. The critical race theory uh, ideology has been injected into curriculums, point blank. 
uh, meaning that they want children as young as kindergarten, first grade, second grade to identify each other first, primarily as I am not like you, you are not like me, you're black, I'm Hispanic, you know, like all of the, they want kids point blank to identify with whatever race or heritage they are first and take away meritocracy. And everyone says, oh no, that doesn't make sense. No, you're imagining it. It's not imagined, it happens in real time. We have um, in our PragerU Kids Prep membership, um, which is a private discussion group of teachers and parents who really don't agree with any of this being in our schools. There's real time examples shared about things that are happening in classrooms that really shouldn't be happening. And, and, and what's happening is that critical race theory being injected into curriculum is politicizing all of our classrooms, it's politicizing our kids, it's trying to turn them into activists to see race first, as opposed to saying, hey, we're all here together as Americans, let's learn. It wants children to learn about, and we're, and we're not saying that, you know, America has this pristine past where nothing bad ever happened. There's a lot that happened, okay? That all of us should learn about and all of us should examine, but when it is age appropriate. But in a lot of the, and I'll just use a local school district. Now, a local school district uh, that I subsequently pulled my kids out of this year against anything I ever imagined myself doing. There were a series of Zoom meetings that happened last year that one brave teacher shared with the public showing kindergarten teachers, first grade teachers, the school principal, second grade teachers, staff members, all on this Zoom meeting talking about how they needed to, it was their, it was their duty and responsibility to dismantle the current curriculum that had previously been approved by the Board of Education, you know, the Board of Education as well as the district, they needed to dismantle the system to teach first graders what the travesties of racism. And they needed to teach first graders that George Washington wasn't a really a good man. And they needed to teach for, and it's like, hold on, let's get age appropriate here. You know, so things like that, that is what's happening. And then, of course, you know, you have all of these social emotional learning surveys that are being given to second graders and third graders, asking them if they're non-binary, asking them to assess whether or not they were kind enough to the student who didn't finish their homework on time. These are real questions that were on a survey for my daughters in this school district. And it's like you're looking at this and you're thinking you're trading meritocracy for what? emotional confusion that's so right, kids look right. at each other and are pitted against each other as opposed to arriving at school with a mindset of let me see how much i can learn it just i, I don't know that was a long-winded way of saying it but i'm a mom and i get real worked up nope that was great i mean that's that's the reality of of that's the reality of that curriculum and that is one of the things that um you know i was fortunate enough to to see coming as i went into administration and and go wait a second you know we're not talking about kids here we're talking about politics we're talking about money we're talking about a whole lot of um you know really kind of anti-american values and how to kind of sneakily bring all this stuff in i mean I, you could see the writing on the wall and this was you know over a decade ago and you could see all of that taking place and it's exactly what you're talking about it's division first 
an erosion of any sort of meritocracy, um, you know, with a, a kind of this faux meritocracy that's really only given as long as you are espousing, um, you know, very specific set of ideals and a very specific set of, I can't even call them virtues. You know, I mean, that is right. really, that is really it. Um, and, and I don't think people have a full understanding of how long tail of a game that is. Yes, we are seeing the fruits of it right now. Um, but this is something that has been, you know, it's, and I hate even saying it cause it sounds people, oh, okay, cool. Conspiracy theorists. No, man, I saw it <laughs> written. I saw it written. I've seen these meetings, all of these things that are now coming to light. These zoom meetings, I saw these same meetings years ago. See, and it's it's fascinating because I did not see it and I have been involved in my kids school and I was on the PTA executive board and I was at the field trips and volunteering at the school. And the fact that I didn't see it is really scary to me because as involved as I was, you would have thought I would have noticed it. Right. But I don't know if maybe I didn't want to notice it or I had my own antiquated perception of what education really is now. I, you know, it's like I'm thinking, oh, 30 years ago. Oh, it was like when I went to school. And it's not. Totally. And it's not. That's exactly it. And I think you hit the nail on the head, too. It is. So I have an upcoming, I have another TED Talk that I'm doing later this month. And it's it's um, education post-COVID-19, the great reset, right? And I mm -hmm. kind of allude to the fact that um, that is one of the ways that we as parents somewhat get tricked because so much has stayed the same, at least from a surface level, 30,000 foot, you know, kind of, kind of view. We're looking at a checkers board when the world demands chess, but the boards look the same, right? Yes. And so we're looking at it going, mm, okay, well, that's the same. It's the same thing as, as when we grew up and it's the same. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not. Well, even in a classroom now, even in classrooms, I mean, more and more we're seeing, uh, I know some parents who have noticed this personally in their kids' classroom, a lot of our prep members have shared pictures in our discussion group, uh, and, and also all over social media, you see inside classrooms of elementary schools, an American flag is nowhere to be found because somehow it's offensive, yet some teachers will choose to hang the Black Lives Matter flag, a political statement, or what's the other, I don't even know what it's called, but it's the flag with all the colors and the arrows. And I, I don't know what it's called. It's, I guess they, they're deeming it the all-inclusive flag. I, I don't know what it's called, but it's like you have all of these different flags being hung in an effort to include, because you know, we have the buzzwords, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but you want to raise your hand and say, hi, the American flag is the utmost yeah, symbol of one? inclusion. So where's the American flag hanging in the classroom? It, you know, but but if you bring that to light and if you say that you're now attacked for sure. And it's just, you know, it, it's I never, ever would have expressed the need to pull children out of the public schools that we once valued so much. But now I tell parents, listen, and this is all goes with like pivoting and evolving and changing, you know, re reassessing yourself according to the, the climate you're in now. I tell parents now, 
if you are seeing things at your kids' schools and you're going to the school board meetings and you're speaking up and you're talking to the principal and you're doing all the right things with civil discourse and they are not listening to you or making any sort of uh, accommodations after a year, it is time to get out. Yes. Yep. I tell people that now. And for me to say that, woo, I mean. Yep. I <laughs> yeah, that's a pivot. Yeah. But you're wow. you're absolutely right. Um, and that the messages of, you know, inclusion and equity and what they really mean, that starts at the teacher training level too. You look at those programs now, those are no the the teacher training, what I want parents, you know, to understand is teacher training has nothing to do very, very little, I will say, to do with child development, how to actually um, engage and encourage young heroes to work together, to collaborate, to actually go developmentally appropriately to, um, you know, opening doors that they can walk through. It really has nothing to do with that. It's how to, right. um, you know, manage behavior, gain um, automatic authority there, and then really how to start weaving in these ideals. I mean, that is literally part of the training now. And, and I said something to that effect on, on social media at some point, And I had a guy that, um, follows me who I know is a, is a public school teacher. And he says, well, can you give me any, um, you know, examples of some of this, you know, ideology that's being spread because I, I hear people say it all the time, but it doesn't actually happen. So I said, yeah, sure. You know, this was like a couple weeks ago. So I said, just no problem. So I sent him that, um, that project Veritas video of the Natomas yes. teacher who's right up. I mean, literally 20 minutes away from where I am here talking about how he's building, right. Um, you know, activists and he gives extra credit for the Black Lives uh, rallies and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, here, well, here's an example. He says, well, yeah, well, you only gave me one. I'm like, well, it's not my job to give you a bunch, but here's another. So I'm like, here's the teacher in Utah who's saying that you should be bowing to this flag versus this flag. I was like, mm -hmm. how far down do you want to go? But people are not, um, It people are so enamored by what public school should be, could be, and used to be that right. they are having a hard time pulling right now yeah you know it's, yeah it's and, a yeah and we have we have noticed a big awakening here because um you know a few weeks ago we released this we released that prager U is doing a series of mini documentaries now about all different subject matters they're about 15 minutes in length and they're a little bit more in-depth interviews and give some insight about different topics that are happening in the world around us and so our mini our mini documentary that we did a few weeks ago is called miseducated and we talked to christopher rufo uh who you know who christopher rufo is or yeah uh the I, I call him the um the current champion against critical race theory in schools and corporations he's the investigative journalist that is exposing all sorts of things that are just continue to be shocking we talked to christopher rufo we talked to uh brenda lebsack in Southern California, who used to be a school board member as well as a teacher. And then she's been on the forefront of protecting kids against radicalized sex education happening in schools. And then we also talked to a former teacher named Justin Kite, who was in the public school and private school system in Texas. And it's like each one of these people brought example after example after example. And when you put it together and watch it, you realize, whoa, it, this is bigger than any of us imagined. I mean, our teacher, Justin Kite, talked about how when he was teaching schools, his superiors, his administrators instructed him to treat the black students differently than the white students. He was instructed to, and this is a quote, you can watch the documentary, to not expect his black students to show up on time. What kind of racist 
direction is that? Let's get back to academics. Let's get back to meritocracy. Let's get back to you work hard, you make the mark, you get the grade, man. But that's not what's happening now. It's absolutely not. And it's and it's continuing. And it's, again, like all other um, ideologies like this, you know, it's presented in this language of inclusion and equity and all of this. But the reality is it is just continuing that division. That's yeah. literally all it is for is to continue to divide and have young people that are automatically just ready to divide and find the other side who they can label as an enemy earlier yeah. and earlier and earlier. What so you've pulled your kids? What are you going to do? So I found a light in the darkness right nearby us, and it uh, it's a it's a very very small private school that is phenomenal and really just I I, I mean I don't I I don't even have the words to express. Um, the light that they have provided because they are operating under an umbrella of freedom, parents' rights, under the philosophy that parents are the primary educators of our children. They are adhering to everything that needs to be adhered to, but also real. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking between the lines here because yes, I live ma'am. in California and there's a heck of a lot of mandates happening with children in schools, What? Uh, but they are operating <laughs> under their own umbrella in a way that is safe yet reasonable and leaves all choice up to the parents. Good. Beautiful. And that's all I'm going to say Beautiful. because I want it nope, to continue awesome. to go on. Uh, you should. No, good. For, no, that's awesome, man. No, good for you. And yeah. that's how that's yeah, how but there are, it should be. And I say I say that because there are alternatives yes. out there. There's there's schools like Acton. There's the school that I found. There are homeschool pods right. that are available. There are different um, some. I will say this because I know firsthand there are some school districts in California, public school districts, and I'm not going to name it because I want to protect them, but there are some public school districts who are nodding their heads about the mandates and the curriculum, but they are also operating under a guise of liberty and freedom, and we will make the choice, and we're not going to ask, and we're not going to tell, you know, all of those things. So, so people are standing up, but as parents right now, our job is to really, and it takes a lot of time and energy that frankly, none of us have, but our, our job is to find the options because there are options. We just got to find them. They're there. That's it. And like you said, it doesn't, it's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. It is hard. It is much more difficult. You know, I fully acknowledge that. And that's some of the biggest pushback that I'll get is, oh gosh, you know, it's so easy for you. You started a school. I'm like, well, okay, well. By the oh, way, because that, that's so easy. By the way, that's like the hard, it's the hardest thing I've ever done is to start the campuses that we have started. So it wasn't easy, but I did it first and foremost because I had young people I was raising. I am their primary caregiver, their primary educator, and this is what I want for them. First and foremost, it was for them. And then moves out from there and, and wanted to do right by the community, right? So I fully get it is difficult right now as a parent and much more difficult than it has been in the past. So what? 
I mean, yeah. that's event. That's where it gets. You are still the parent. You are still responsible for that. And yes, it's harder, but it's okay. So let's just go ahead and acknowledge it. Let's wrap our heads around that. And then let's go ahead and band together because there are so many good people who want to do the right thing by our young people. So let's band together and just figure out a solution because that's where we are. You find a solution, yeah. right? I mean, it's yeah. that. Everything is figure outable. Everything and, is figure outable. And, and, <laughs> and your, uh, you, I, I'll tell you this. I don't know what day it was. I think it was a few days ago, but I was having a particularly challenging day with reading headlines and feeling like everything was closing in on, uh, you know, where I live in Southern California and people have lost their minds and we're not getting more reasonable. We're getting less reasonable, but you on, I think it was your, it must've been your Instagram, you had this video message and you said, control what you can control. That's right. And I said, wow, those words are so simple yet. I hadn't thought of that before, That's it. That's it. <laughs> but that is, Control what you can control. And so I thank you for that because oh, you're, you're absolutely right. That's it. That's what we got to do as parents. Control it because it, it matters so much. You know, one of the things I always talk to our families about is the fact that their kids will do what they do before they do what they say, right? And so if we're focused on controlling what we can control and letting that uh, just be it, you know, letting ourselves be at peace with that then we're not giving that emotional baggage to our young people. You know, that is one of the things that I'm so concerned about for our, our next generation is all of this tension and division, the emotional baggage that is creating for us as adults, we are just funneling that straight down to them, right? And it comes out in all of their interactions. We already see young people, you know, that are more, um, self-conscious and more anxious and, um, you know, already struggling with all of these social and emotional and physical, uh, maladies that we didn't necessarily grow up with. You know, we're seeing that exacerbated and a lot of it is coming from us as the parents. We've got to lead by example in that. A hundred percent. And another thing that I do want to just on top of that is as, as stressful as it is and as impossible as it may seem, I do think that right now, this time that we're living in is a very specific opportunity to teach our kids what it means to have rights in real life. That's right. That's you know, right. I mean, because, you know, we could do the whole lesson about the First Amendment, Second Amendment. Th you know, we could do the whole lesson about the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and James Madison. You know, we could do all that. But when it comes to real life, real time rights, it is an opportunity to teach our kids. And I got to tell you, I mean, I hate to, I'm really, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on this whole mask mandate for children thing, but for me personally, it is a huge point of contention where I, you know, I have a lot of opinions about it. And last year, this time, one of my daughters was so scared to remove her mask because she didn't want, I don't want them to think I'm this. I don't want them to think I'm that, you know, when she was right at that age where you were, you're, you're as a kid, you're worried about, about what your peers think yeah. and all that. And it took me, I mean, my, and I said, I am not giving up on this. I need to teach her what it means to think critically, how to act reasonably, how to not, you know, and month after month after month, I just kept working on it, working on it, working on it. And at one point I said, we're outside, you're taking that off. And, you know, the whole, you know, I did yeah, the whole parenting. Totally. But lo and behold, a year later, 
she has learned to think critically she has learned oh this is what it means to have rights this is what it means to hold on to your rights while you can and she's learned and it wasn't easy and it wasn't hard and we argued about it but i got her to understand and so that's what we're faced with now good for you, i think Mama. is parents. good for you i mean you are that's that's the example right <laughs> it was it's a lot you of work. leading it is a lot of work and it's and here's the here's the catch it's every single day right it's that yeah. <laughs> it's doing that every single day and you don't have a choice but that's exactly how it is supposed to be good for you i love that's it man it's that real life real time example i had a mom um, DM me yesterday or day before and she said, oh my gosh, did I pull my kids out? And we went to the library because I'm thinking, okay, well now I'm responsible for this. So we're going to go have a real learning um, situation. She goes, but we get to the library and they said they wouldn't let us in because we didn't have masks. Now what do I do? And I said, what do you mean? She says, well, I was trying to take her there for a learning you know, opportunity. And then we didn't get to go in because of the masks. I said, so you were gifted an amazing learning opportunity. You were gifted a real life experience where then a conversation could take place around freedoms and rights and what is going on. And chances are that was a much better opportunity than whatever book you thought you were going to go pick out and go dive into. Like it was a real time experience. Congratulations. Like that's it. Learning is happening right now with all of this going on, you know, so, so exciting. So what is the next Kind of, five, I mean, if you kind of had your your uh, your way, kind of have your druthers with it. What are like the next three to five years look like with what you're what you're uh, doing here with with the uh, PragerU and the kids program? Wow. Okay. So PragerU kids, we think real big over here. Good. This was our first year, and our objective this year was to, like I said, launch programs, shows, resources. We have digital magazines on the site that really celebrate American values and teach our kids what it means to live with liberty and freedom. So we have, um, we have, I think it's up to 10, oh my gosh, I should know this number, approximately 10 different content lines nice. for kids aged kindergarten through 12th grade. And our long-term objective, it, we've got animated shows, digital magazines, a story time show. Uh, let me see. We have like a, a show about a skit show for the older kids with, uh, you know, different historical times in his ed times in history that teaches them about times in history. But our objective is to ultimately become a, Netflix or a Disney or a cartoon network that really has a wide breadth of programming that parents can feel safe and happy sharing with our totally. kids. Oh, uh, yeah, it. that's that's entertaining, but also gives them information and education. So that's our objective. Uh, we're working to also, I mean, pie in the sky is to have many of our resources included in various school curriculums. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I showed yep. you the I showed you these books for kindergarten, first and second grades. These are sweet books. We have these books um, for the younger set, but we would love it if some of our digital magazines about Abigail Adams or Margaret Thatcher or Ayn Rand or Condoleezza Rice, if those were included in some of the fourth grade curriculum that yeah, that you know has to do with history or civics. Uh, we would love to be able to include some of our videos. Our we have a series called TBH History. To be honest, history, nice. which I think you'll appreciate. Nice. But we would love to be able to you know all of these all of these public schools now they're employing different resources like Brain Pop or Mystery Science. Yep. All of these digital 
uh, curriculums, why not include TBH history about our scientific revolution or an American revolution? Because, um, because really that's what we want to accomplish so is to cool. not only have our programs for parents and families, but to also have them for teachers. That's exciting. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exciting. That's really cool. Man. I will see. I mean, you know, we're just, we're literally yeah. just getting started. That's so cool. Well, I mean, anything... and all of our videos are free. All yeah. of our videos are free. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can find us on prageru.com slash kids. Everything's there. We'll make sure we're going to link that to so prageru.com slash kids. Yeah. I, I mean, that yeah. is super exciting. I happen to know a guy who's involved in a global movement of schools too. So if you need any, you know, I, would I, know. Love to, I mean, I'm I... telling you mama, like this is in so this many was the first conversation. So <laughs> rad, man. So many owners around the world. I know, you know, within our network, um, be all, uh, I mean, all over this and we're just building out more and more, um, you know, the, the mentorship program, we're going to do something kind of with that and kind of build out, um, some other kind of schooling options for parents who are pulling, but don't necessarily have pod resources available. We want to create some yeah. virtual things too. So all of this is just kind of goes hand in hand, man. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited. It's so cool. So we got prageru.com slash kids. Yeah. Where else would you have people go? Where can we go to follow you? See what else you've got going on? What's a good place to go? Oh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, Jill Simonian. You can find me by my name, I'm sure. But yeah, the big my my mission now is really wrapped around PragerU Kids. So um, so that's 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 the positive purpose out of all of this mess from the last two yes, years. You know? Absolutely. So th so I'm thankful for you as uh, as a peer in this in this space and in this mission of of bringing freedom back to our young people and bringing these virtues back to our young people, but um, even before that, just parent to parent too, you know, and leading by example and and doing doing right by your young heroes and not getting um, you know wrapped up in the heaviness so much that you become ineffective as a as a parent too, you know, and right. so um, just very very grateful for you. Uh, in in so many ways, so I love it. Thank man. you. Oh my god. Thank gosh. you. We're not alone. Dang We're not alone. Right. So true. Jill, we will link all of that stuff below, um, and we'll get this episode out in a couple weeks. And can't wait to share it with everybody. Thank you so much. It was so fun talking to you. Absolutely, pleasure was mine. There you go, man. Give her a follow on IG over at Jill Simonian, and check out what they are doing at PragerU. Uh, always a pleasure to connect with people who are on the same side, especially when it comes to parenting and education. So uh, give her some love over there. And thank you guys for continuing to give us love over here. We'll catch you next time on The Essential 11th.